mixed martial arts and boxing fans, it's time for Fighters Fury inside the heart of a champion with your hosts, Brendan Tobin, Seema, and Tommy Guns. It's time for Fighters Fury on AM790 The Ticket. Ah, yes. Good Sunday morning, everybody. Welcome on in. It is Fighters Fury here on 790 The Ticket. Tobin here with you as the next hour we will dive all over the world at mixed martial arts, boxing, and bare knuckle fighting. How about that from last night? Pauli Malignaggi losing to Artem Lobov. Unanimous decision, 48-47 on all the judges' scorecards. The judges each giving him the first two rounds and then going to Artem the last three. And uh, that's that's that with that rivalry. It's uh, It was interesting. Pauli Malignaggi obviously upset. Never one who is shy to rip judges and, and, and feeling like he got a bleep decision. He's been doing it uh, basically his entire career. That's that's the, the move that Pauli Malignaggi goes to. But the interesting thing about this was, you know, this isn't a pure boxing match. This isn't one that's going to go out there and you're going to be like, yeah. He definitely got the decision. Look at the look at him sticking that jab in his face the entire night. Look at him being elusive. It's a different animal. Like it's it, it's bare knuckle fighting. And the thing that I actually came out of last night thinking about because I did think it was a very close fight. I did think it was a very close fight. I did think that um, Artem and and Pauly, like you probably could have flipped a coin on some of these rounds. It was not the most pleasing fight in the world. It wasn't the most awesome fight in the world. It was not an all time classic. It was nothing compared to if you want to talk about bare-knuckle fighting and it's crazy is like go back to watch Artem Lobov against Jason Knight that was crazy that was that was an absolute brutal slugfest between two guys throwing caution to the wind throwing technique to the wind all of that stuff and this was not that this was one guy who was trying to be technical and the other guy trying to be a bruiser and trying to go forward and trying to rough up a boxer and that's kind of what I thought the whole point of it was. It was that we were going to have two guys. One guy was going to bring in his style, and the other was going to get a little ugly. I will say this. Like, the one thing that I like about the bare-knuckle fighting, and Paulie did actually say this earlier in one of his interviews on the broadcast, where he's like, you know, I think it's a good compromise. Both guys probably get to use a little bit of their advantage from each of, their, uh, of, each of their backgrounds. And I thought, I thought that was the case. What we have to look at when it comes when it comes to the bare knuckle fighting is should it be scored the way boxing is? Like what are what are we looking for? Are these guys purely looking for aggression? Are you purely looking for a guy who hits the cleaner shots? Sometimes it's clear, you know, sometimes you get a fight on the card where guys are getting knocked down a whole bunch. Like if you look to the the lightweight championship and Johnny Bedford and the way he was going and you know, he's putting down Barnett Jr. a bunch of times early on and you know, tell him to stand in the middle of the of the of the ring and puts him down again. Like, you know, if you get knockdowns, it becomes it becomes a pretty easy score to fight, uh, fight to score. But then you got to think like, well, you know, should this be looked upon the way boxing is, where these are just looked upon with pure knockdowns? It's not the same sport. It, it's not the same sport. And it's actually weird that we go with this ten point must system for all of these combat sports. Really, like it, it brought me to last night thinking about how mixed martial arts is scored on the same scale as the as boxing is and they're kind of just translating over to bare knuckle fighting and they're using boxing judges and they're using boxing referees and they're using all this stuff that is is all just used under this one umbrella and really it's it's because 
mixed martial arts and other combat sports are almost adopted by boxing. Like, it felt like it's like the disgruntled system. It's like, all right, I guess we'll legalize bare knuckle fighting. I guess we'll legalize mixed martial arts. And who's going to run this? I guess the boxing guys are. So with Paulie yesterday, him being upset with the with the decision, it's like, I mean, I feel you out. Like you, you, you're upset that you know you felt like you made mincemeat out of his face with that with that left hand, you know. But it it never deterred him from coming forward. It never deterred him from coming after you and coming after that knockout. So it's like, well, how much, how much should we play into that? That you got this one technique that's going forward. Perfect example. Um, like it makes martial arts. It's uh, if if a guy, this is not, a guy never gets credit for this, but a guy who is using an entire round and basically is just hitting the guy with a lower leg kick and just and just dicing up his leg and dicing up his leg and you think it's going to have some you know future benefit to you later on in the fight but you don't really know rarely is a judge looking at that and seeing that technique and really giving a guy credit for saying well not much happened in that round other than buddy hitting the lower leg kicks or maybe a guy gets lower leg kicks the entire time and, and and is really setting something up but one guy gets a takedown it's like well who gets the win there? Who gets the win? One guy got to his spot, but the other guy spent the majority of the round doing what he had to do. And so with Paulie, he takes this fight. We find out from him that he breaks his right hand in the middle of the fight uh, in the second round, which is not surprising. That was one of the concerns people had for him in this bout. And is basically using his jab the entire rest of the way. And was Paulie better on hitting that jab? Yeah. Was he elusive on the wild shots from Arlo Lobov? Yeah. But then you go to the the standpoint of, all right, but what wins here? Do, does Artem Lobov getting him in the clinch and cutting his face up, is that worth more to me than Pauli Malignaggi pepping him around the ring? Now, mind you, this sport has an established culture. Even as even as 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 young as the sport is, all right. This is, well, should say I guess we should say re-sanctioned bare knuckle fighting. But we got to realize. This bare-knuckle fighting has an established culture, all right? This is a card removed from their president getting into the middle of their ring and saying that he's going to take half of a fighter's pay for going backwards and sticking and moving and not going for a win, not, not going forward and going for finishes. We're a card removed from that. Obviously, Buddy Boy was going to be on his best behavior this week because, you know, this is the uh, this is a highly publicized card. This is their most highly publicized card. A lot of people were tuning into this to see the Conor McGregor aspect to it, with uh, with Artem being Conor's best friend, fighting as kind of Conor's champion for the Pauli Malignaggi rivalry. But we know what the established culture, the people who the brain trust of the sport, is telling you. I want people to go forward and go for finishing fights. That's not how Pauli fought the fight. He, he fought the fight like a boxer. And I get you. You're going to be like, well, yeah, how else would he fight it? He's talking through this entire lead up to this fight. I have such an advantage with the hands. I have such an advantage with seeing shots, slipping shots, dodging shots, and, and, and output. It's not even going to be close. And the one thing I can tell you from last night's fight is you can't tell me it wasn't close. You can't tell me that we came out of those five rounds and you felt like Pauli Malignaggi was winning in a landslide because it did feel like Artem Lobov was coming on. That last fifth round, very 
I think Pauly probably landed the best punch of the round, but again, like it, it, it's 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 on his bicycle. It's going backwards. It's going with this standpoint of yeah, if you're if we're looking at this as just in a vacuum of a pure boxing match, I can see why people would think Pauly Malignaggi wins. I didn't even see what the compy box numbers. I don't even know if they do that for bare knuckle fighting, but you have to look at it if you're Pauly Malignaggi and say like, well, what is the culture of this sport that I'm getting into? That's the danger of it. And if you're going to talk all this bleep. And you're going to spit in the guy's face. And you're going to do all this stuff talking about uh, this isn't going to even be close. If it's just a hands fight, I'm going to kill all these guys. Well, go out and kill them. Go out and make it so that they can't fight you. And he never deterred Artem Lobov from coming forward. Now, part of that has to do with, look, Artem Lobov's a zombie. That's his best skill set is his toughness. He hits hard. He comes forward. He's not accurate. He's not the most skilled. The reason he has the record he does in mixed martial arts, this is his superpower. His superpower is I come forward, I try and hit you with big shot, and I stop you. Um, but to think that he's going to go out there, it's like, yeah, what did I? You think I went into this fight last night uh, expecting Pauli Malignaggi to get outclassed in the sweet science? No. But I, it, to me, in that standpoint, when you're talking about a bare knuckle fight, from the culture that is established of the sport, from the guy who is running it, it's, to me, you have to go out there and you have to show, I'm outclassing him so bad on the hands that he doesn't even want to come forward, that he's, ne- that he's deterred from this. That's how bad it's hurting, that, he, that he's questioning coming into my jab. Even with Paulie realizing that he's fighting with one hand. Even realizing that. So... The things I came out with yesterday were this. All right. One, bare knuckle fighting, mixed martial arts, boxing. I get why they're all under the same umbrella because who else you got to sanction this stuff? But also, what needs to be established is how these things are scored and and really what people are looking for. I don't necessarily disagree with Artem Lobov getting his hand raised from yesterday. I understand why he did, but I don't think a lot of people... Look at that. If you're a boxing fan and you tuned in and you watch Pauli Malignaggi and what happened, you're probably like, well, why did he lose? But if you're a mixed martial arts fan you watch Artem Lobov, you're like, yeah, absolutely Artem Lobov won. He showed the aggression. Um, all these things need to know what we're really looking at, and, and, and they don't have to be so close in regards to why X got scored this way and why I got scored that way. Um, that was the interesting part of it. The other thing is, I'm really done with the whole rivalry thing, with the, the Conor McGregor, Pauli Malignaggi, Artem Lobov thing, the whole the whole umbrella about it. One, this happened two years ago with the with the damn sparring thing, and I feel like I got my fill of the content that back then. I felt like I was tired of it. Him and Conor McGregor are never going to fight. They're never going to box. It's never going to happen, and it never was going to happen. So if Pauli Malignaggi did this to get his name back in the news and get some relevancy, I guess kudos to him. I don't know what this does. I, I, you know, I've seen some of the boxing community kind of pissed that he lost the way. I know that he apologized to people in the boxing community the way that he lost this fight yesterday. But, you know, and, and, and in some ways it's almost worse that he lost via decision than it is that he got just completely annihilated and that they couldn't do the fight. That's the, that's the thing that's troubling for him. So, from my standpoint, uh, I'm done with the rivalry. I don't really want to hear about it anymore. Um, 
it, it, it's done, and I'm ready to move forward with the whole Malinaji thing. Because, quite frankly, look, Paulie has established himself as one of the best broadcasters out there when it comes to doing these doing these cards on Showtime. I think he's fantastic. I think he does a really good job. His mind for breaking down a fight is really, really impressive and really entertaining. This this whole thing, like, I get it. You're from Brooklyn, and you, you, you don't want to be disrespected and all that stuff. But, man, you're still 38 years old. You haven't fought forever. You have brittle hands. That showed out last night. You've never been a finisher. So what was going to be the win here. It was like it was kind of stacked to get you to begin with. Artem's going to have a future with Bare Knuckle. He's now undefeated. So whatever future this BKFC has going forward, he's going to be the poster child because he's not only got a huge internet following, but he's going to have the McGregor bump behind him. So people are going to care about what he does. You know, he is their guy. You're not their guy. You're the outsider coming in. I'm just done with it. I'm done. It's, it's time to move on. With the whole bare knuckle thing, and from with from Paulie's standpoint, and the, and the whole McGregor rivalry, um, it's good that they showed respect afterwards. Uh, don't know how genuine it was. You're talking about a dude who spit on you in the midst of the lead up, but I guess maybe five rounds of bare knuckle fighting will bury the hatchet. Um, but yeah, man, it was. Uh, it's not surprising that he lost. I wasn't surprised that he didn't get his hand raised. These things aren't the same. This is not the same as boxing. And but I think that. They, I, I think this sport and the other sports need to do a better job of establishing what's what when it comes to scoring these things. We're back after this. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. All right, welcome back. Fighters Fury rolls on. Seema's in the building. Good morning, Seema. Morning. How are you, man? I'm doing well. You were telling me you were watching some Bellator last night? I didn't even know it was on TV last night. I knew that. I, I kept seeing that they were driving people to the app, but I'm, yeah. I'm, they confuse me, man. Like with between the zone, Paramount, their app, I don't know where to find Bellator. Yeah, well, every everybody wants the app traffic. Yep, I stumbled across it. Really? Yeah, I was searching for something to watch at like eleven, eleven fifteen or so. You weren't into the uh, the bare knuckle. I didn't even know about it. Really? You believe that? Wow, that says something. Yeah, it was down. It was in Tampa. I think it was originally supposed to be down here. That was uh, that is that is what I what I had heard from people who were like behind the promotion, that they said that the the initial plan was for it to be in Miami, uh, but somehow it landed at the Tampa Florida Fairgrounds or something like that. South Florida Fairgrounds, not South Florida Fairgrounds, the uh, the Florida Fairgrounds. I guess we have our own fairgrounds. Yeah, it ended up in Tampa Tampa for this uh, Pauli Malinaji. I don't know. I saw that. Uh, uh, buddy from the heavyweight factory, uh, Chris Lawrence, said that it was a sellout on Instagram. So good for them. That sold out. People were into it. Obviously, it was highly publicized with the whole McGregor, Malinaji, Artem Lobov love triangle. But um, I don't know. Like he had Artem as his representative in the in the yeah. Ring. I don't know if you watch Game of Thrones, but uh, back in the, the but they have this thing called a trial by combat, mm-hmm. and it's like you have uh, when you when you get accused of a crime, you can have a trial by combat and have what's called a champion. So, like, they basically answer for your crimes. And it, based on whether you with, uh, your champion wins or loses, you're either guilty or not guilty. Wow. So I, I think that uh, Artem Lobov was Connor's champion. So he's not guilty. He actually did knock down Pauli Malinaji in that sparring session. And we can stop talking about it now after three years, please. Interesting. Bare knuckle fighting. Well, they were straight bare knuckles. No tape, no nothing. You are allowed to 
I'll bring up the highlights for you. You could take you could take a look at it for yourself. The way it is is you could have your wrists taped. You have to have an inch under the knuckles exposed. So you it, it's hopefully established. So you could lock the wrist. Yeah, you could lock the wrist up, which is you know I know from uh, from Dada Five Thousand. He is the uh, the the you know one of the OGs of the boxing promo- uh, the uh, bare knuckle promotions. He goes, wrist is okay. You can tape the wrist, but not the knuckles. Yeah. So um, the way this, the, you know, so and I know that Florida had a bit of a weird thing with this because, you know, Florida Commission. Um, yes, I do. You know, Florida Commission and how they roll. It was, uh, it was one of those things where they. I think they still send letters out with typewriters. Yeah. Here you go. That's that's to give you a, a, a little bit of a look see at what they were wearing. Um, it's almost like they're wearing a cast, but their cast is exposed. If if, if that's the best way to describe it. And I know that there was a little bit of a thing where Florida has a law you have to wear gloves, and um, that's their glove. They they had some kind of a sleeve there that was over their their gauze and all that stuff. So, you know, I've watched I've watched probably three of these bare knuckle things. It's you know it's fine. I don't know, man. Like it, there's part of me like watching. I watched a little bit of the UFC Greenville yesterday and watching what like Korean Zombie did to Moicano. Yeah, I don't know. There's like. I know there's purists who have said, like, no, the way you should do it is you should do it bare knuckle, and, and these guys won't get as hurt. But it's like, they get diced up pretty good. Like, their faces get turned into mincemeat if, it is a, if it's a, a really back-and-forth affair, which is not which is not great for them, having this uh, this stuff put on them. And, you know, Paulie broke his hand in the second round, which is yeah. not surprising. He broke his hand when he wore 10-ounce gloves or 8-ounce gloves back in the day. So, I don't know, man. I just – it's fine, like – Every once in a while, I think it's I think it's uh it's one of those things where bare knuckle fighting, it's nice to tune in every now and then. Let's uh let's just check out another form of combat fighting. But I just can't picture that this is gonna be like a thing that people are gonna watch on the reg and is gonna be like you know they're they're all we're we're taking over we're taking over. It's like yeah I don't know man I don't I don't know I think there's something to be said for having some some pads on your knuckles and 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 guys being able to be a little bit cleaner with their defense and all that stuff. I would agree. I also think that it's going to take a certain kind of fighter that would want to get in the cage and bare knuckle fight. Yeah. You know, it takes certain characteristics, personality characteristics for you to say, hey, you know, I'm going to throw caution to the wind and get in there. Right. And, and, and I think, bare knuckle fight. And I think that's why Paulie yesterday, he was like, well, he was upset he got, he felt like he got hosed because, you know, if you watch the fight, yeah, he was sticking and he's hitting that jab and he was elusive and all that, but you know, then I asked myself, well, I'm not watching a boxing match. Like, they can clinch. They can hold and hit. They, um, you know, it, it's not boxing. It's it's not. It's 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 bare knuckle, and they, and they have hybrid rules. The thing I find weird about it is should you score all this stuff the same, you know? Like, should the Florida Boxing Commission say, yeah, we're doing the 10, we're doing the 10-point must system, and that's how we're going to go with this sport as well? Because... To me, it's a little bit weird that in a bare knuckle fight, like a guy, like for for example, one of the fights that happened two fights prior, guy got knocked down three times in a, in a round, was able to keep c- continuing to fight. Um, but I think part of the reason he was able to be put down so early is because it's bare knuckle, right? And more so of an impact. Yeah. So I don't know. Like I, I just feel like I, should they should they be scored the same as boxing knockdowns? I don't know. It's uh it's interesting, but I don't know. It was, uh, I, I just am kind of done for the whole saga to be put to bed. 
but I don't know. Is I, it really put to bed? Is there going to be a, a potential how trilogy? Could you, how could you put together a, a, a McGregor Malinaji fight when he lost to your guy in a bare knuckle fight on the fairgrounds in Tampa Bay? Like, I don't know, man. It's just, to me, we shall see. We shall see. So, yeah, so you watched some Bellator yesterday. I did. What's, your, what's the dot to you? Because I missed it. Paul Daly. Paul Daly was good? Yes. How'd he do? He did well. He did very well. Um, he needs to do some uh, some bouncing back for me because uh, I was really looking forward to that fight with him and MVP because Paul Daly talks a lot of bleep about wrestlers. He hates wrestling. And he went out in that fight with MVP, and he started to wrestle, and I was like, who is this guy? What is this? And I don't know what fight. Like, that's the sport. It's mixed martial arts. Yeah. But if you're the guy who talks a lot of crap about wrestling and then you go and wrestle a guy because he may be a better kickboxer or, or a striker than you, uh, that disappointed me with Paul Daly. So he looked good. He did look good. He he had some difficulties in the first round. He got taken down. And uh, what is it, Eric? Eric, uh, what's his name? He was with Eric Silva. Eric Silva. Yeah. Oh, he yeah. was with UFC for a while. I think he kind of was didn't reach the peak. Remember, at one point, Eric Silva was like he was going to be the next thing. Yeah, you know what happened? Our old friends at USADA happened. Yeah. yeah, well, they have a tendency to do that. Uh, Put obstacles in your way. They do. They gotta knock it off. Yeah, they gotta take stop, a step stop back. Bother, stop bothering us. Remember when it was interesting? Oh man, you remember when the the days when you could just come come dripping with that that testosterone exemption, whatever it was, it was seven to one. Oh yeah, it was. Those were good times, man. Vitor. Yep. Oh, Vitor. Man, Vitor. Are... Vitor was an amazing benefactor of that rule. It was interesting. You know, actually, I was just reading the story beforehand. Um, there's this dude, Sean O'Malley, who uh, he's he's got the he's uh, sugar sugar Sean. He's like uh, he's he's very young, but he just got taken off of his fight from UFC 239 in Vegas because he has trace amounts of uh, Osterine, which is what got him suspended initially. And I found this interesting because didn't we just go through this with John Jones, where John Jones was, uh, where he was, he's he's telling you that he's going to have trace amounts of performance enhancing drugs that are always going to show up with uh, like long term peptides. John Jones is on this card, so why is this guy getting yanked? That's because he's not John Jones. That kind of sucks. Hey. But, like, couldn't that immediately – if I was his manager, I'd be like, immediately, it's like, yeah, but John Jones, he's going to test positive for something on the way here to this fight, too. That's that's what he does. He's got did the he long term. Did he make that claim yet? Uh, no, I think he said that he's looking forward to talking to USADA. Some lawyer wrote it out. I'm looking forward to talking to USADA, and we're going to tell the science. He didn't write it. It doesn't seem like it. I don't Smart. Think so. Smart. Yeah. Probably for the best. Indeed. Probably for the, probably for the best that you didn't write, sir. So Paul Daly looked good. You know, he, he connected. He almost had Eric Silva out in the second round. Right. I thought it was a very competitive fight for rounds one and round two, and then Silva just put it in survival mode in the in the third round. I think across the board, Daly got 10-8 on round two. Cool. So he won 29-27 unanimous decision. I always like Daly. I think he's got an edge to him. Now, he'd probably bare-knuckle fight. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think that'd be a good thing for him. For sure, the, but the power that he that he still has at thirty six years old, 
You know, I think power is something you probably don't lose. His stamina, I I thought was a little questionable. He took some some rest in the, at the end of the second round. You could tell he was you know trying to get his win back. He's breathing heavy in between rounds because he was going for the knockout. Right. He was dominated on the ground in the the second half of the first round. Well, it, it's an interesting thing. Like if a guy who who has the power of Paul Daly, who's I mean he's got some of those devastating power in the game. Um. While his style would translate to bare knuckle, like him not having a pad on his hand, I wonder if he would go and if he would crank out the way he would if it was uh, a fight where he gets to wear gloves. That's I think the, he would. That's the that's the interesting thing about it because you watch some of these. It's it's rare you watch these bare knuckle fights and and like somebody gets um, trying to think of like a uh, a devastating knockout, like uh, Francis Ngannou. Did to did to uh, Alistair Overeem or Junior Dos Santos did to Cain Velasquez back in the day. Just uh, uh, they're not usually like that. It's normally like, you know, a guy will get hit behind the ear, but it's it's almost like they they kind of just drape and they fold over. It's weird. Um, and I wonder if some of that has to do with a guy can't crank out all the way because he doesn't have anything on his knuckles. Well, I think one of the things to consider, and you you said that Malinaji encountered this last night is that when your hands are wrapped, if you wrap them really tight, they can they can almost have something somewhat of a sledgehammer type of feel yep. to them. And when you expose that and you don't have the reinforcement to your hand or your knuckles and you're susceptible to hand breaks, you're probably going to break your hand really quickly. Yeah. So... I could see guys maybe not throwing everything into a punch unless it's just wide open and it's there and you just you go for it. Right. Knowing the possibility is you could get a, a boxer's fracture. Yeah. And and Paulie's got look, he's got humpty dumpty hands. Like they, they can't put them together again. Like they he his hands have constantly broke throughout his career. He probably would have been a better fighter. Floyd career, career Floyd rise. the same way. Yeah. But Floyd, you know, Floyd, he put him you know, he's got that hand masseuse on staff to make sure that his hands are were completely right. Um, they fought a lot different too. You know, Floyd is, you know, he's, you know, Paulie was a guy who's going to always go out there and, and try and dictate distance with that, with that jab and whatnot. And Floyd's happy you coming to him and rolling and making you look and, and hitting you with, uh, with counter shots the whole time, you know, definitely more defensive strategy. Yeah. But I, I think getting back to the, the damage caused by bare knuckle fighting, I think it all depends on the structure of the hand. You know, some fighters, they have a, fl- a flat face to yeah. their knuckles because of the years that they've been punching and and they've kind of formed into or, or just genetically, your hand is more flat on the front. Right. I think those guys would be more likely to be successful in a bare knuckle fight because there still is this flattened edge to the front of the hand. If your knuckles are more, uh, they they protrude and they come out, then you may be more susceptible to breaking. Yeah, to me, it's it's one of these things where, you know, people have protection on their hands simply because your hands are fragile. Like, they're not yeah. really meant to go out there and do that time and time again. Like, there's a reason why people in football wear helmets. There's a people, there's a... and, there and is? Yeah, well, allegedly. But there's... And I think there's a difference in, like, you know, people people says was like, well, in the UFC, you're allowed to kick somebody upside the head with your shin. And it's like, yeah, but you've been watching UFC a long time. How many guys have had in, had the had the Anderson Silva happen to him? A handful, right? In the history of the sport, 
it's it's a it's a very strong bone. It's not probably going to happen. Um, you know, the ones that are the most likely to happen are breaking your feet, breaking your foot, breaking your hands. Yeah. And so if you could take away one of those with some protection so your fighters can fight longer, which is ultimately what I imagine a promotion wants, why wouldn't you do that? Um, and it with bare knuckle, like they're kind of – right now bare knuckle's novelty is, hey, we're bare knuckle. Right. And, and that's – they don't really have an established star. Like they had Chris Lieben fighting on the card last night. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's who they're gonna get. They're See, gonna but get. those are the types of guys that will fight on a card like this. Yeah, Clay Guida. <laughs> Clay Guida actually think is fighting Jim Miller coming up. They just yeah. said that. I couldn't believe it. I was there like, you whoa. Go. Maybe is, maybe this... Donald Cerrone after he retires from the UFC. It's the senior division. But those are guys that have, I mean, realistically, I mean, come on, let's. They've been getting punched in the face and in the head for long periods of time. Yeah, and it's something that they're obviously passionate about. They thrive on it. The combat is, is is their adrenaline, and I could see guys like that stepping in to a ring, a cage, or whatever, yeah. and and going this route. You know, some of the some of the other guys, you know, they may not be so willing to jump in there because it could be a riskier proposition, just to your you know to to your uh, to your brain. Yeah, no doubt. And I think that we see like if you're a guy who has kind of everything in the toolbox if you're a guy who's good at kicks and knees and all that stuff like why would you want to go into a sport where they're taking that stuff away from you and with paulie i think some of the reasons why it's a problem for him yesterday and he's you know he's upset that the judges aren't scoring it's like well this is a sport that's barbaric like nobody wants to see you stick and move that's not what they're there to see so why yes maybe if this was a boxing match you would have won clearly are they supposed to score it like boxing i don't know that's what they now, that's what the commission puts forth. They say, oh, yeah, we're going to score this 10-9, 10-8, all that stuff. So maybe they need to come up with their own scoring system. I don't know. But it's it's uh, to me, you can't expect to go into a, a different realm completely and think that they're going to go and score it the same as boxing. So it, you seeing the fight last night. Yeah. If you were scoring by boxing rules – would you? Who would you have scored the winner? If I was scoring purely by boxing, I probably would have gone 48-47 Pauly. Okay. But I eat, it wasn't lopsided, and I definitely saw two rounds for Artem, and I definitely could see why he would have gotten a third-round nod over the time of that fight. And maybe if Pauly's hand went in a broken, maybe it would have been a different story. I don't know. But I, I just think that he has to be aware like oh yeah yeah um, um people are people are going to bare knuckles because they don't want to see boxing they want to see something a little bit more violent and they're not just going there to see your great sweet science skill set it's just not the case let's be real about it people are tuning into bare knuckle because they want to see a little bit you guys you know see the train wreck yeah well like you're spitting on him in the in the lead up to the fight you're you're like i'd spit on his mother i you know i I kill these guys it's like okay well if you're gonna kill them and you're gonna be the barbarian Nobody wants to see you go out there and stick and move. Right. It's it's not that there's not a, a respect for that skill set and there, there can't be sports where that is uh, appreciated, but not in the bare-knuckle arena. Like, that's not where I, I think people are going to pay their hard-earned money to go see you, uh, you know, out, outclass him in a boxing match. I get that. We're back after this. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. All right, welcome back, everybody. 
So yeah, yesterday, Chan Sung Jung, aka Korean Zombie, he had a first round knockout of Hanato Moikano. Big ol' right hand to put uh, Moikano down, ended up finishing with a ground and pound. Uh, watching this Randy Brown, who came off the uh, the contender series, he had a nice little knockout yesterday as well, so maybe keep an eye on him. He's a welterweight, nice little uh, demolishment of Brian Barberini yesterday, finished him in the midst of the third round. Really imp- uh, impressive by him. And one thing that stood out to us, we were talking about uh, Jarcino Rosenstruik. He had a nine-second knockout, uh, not- knockout of Alan Crowder, second fastest knockout in heavyweight history. What? Booped him with the jab, went down, and finished him on the ground. And if you guys uh, notice, he is from Suriname, which is uh, our friend Tyrone Spong. That's where he is from. You saw him in his corner as well. Has the same background, kickboxing background. But uh, Tyrone never got into – he's doing boxing. He never got into UFC. So now you see a kickboxer from Suriname who is going and trying his hand in the old uh, the old MMA game and, and is having some early success. So good for him. Next week, we have Francis Ngannou taking on Junior Dos Santos, and that is going down in Minneapolis, Minnesota. This is on ESPN, SEMA. What? Television. What? Actual television. I get to see it. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. It's going to be on actual television, not on ESPN+. Wow. So enjoy. Not only that, not just the main card, the prelims too. All of it. I saw some of the prelims yesterday. I saw actually that heavyweight knockout. Yeah, man. Which got me excited. I was I was kind of like, mm, I went to the app store and I was like, no, no, no. You showed resistance. Yeah. <laughs> I may just give you Discipline. My, I may just give you my login. Discipline. You might have to just just check it out. It is like, look, just the wave of the future, man, I guess. I don't know. I don't give me know. options. Don't force me. Don't, don't don't box me in, man. That's right. Don't worry in this. So next week, Francis Ngannou against Junior Dos Santos. That is the heavyweight matchup. Um... Who do you who do you like in this one, man? Do you like the uh, the old predator? Or do you like Junior Dos Santos? Uh, let's take a look at Dos these Santos boys. has looked good the past two fights, hasn't he? He has. He's actually on a three fight win streak. He knocked out Derek Lewis, who had a broken back. The Ty Tuivas one was very impressive because Ty was on a uh, he was on a, a really good run, yeah. and he put some early resistance up on Junior Dos Santos, and he put down the young buck. Showed him, showed him yeah, that, yeah. that veteran establishment. He didn't, he didn't guzzle the beer afterwards. No, he didn't do the shoey. Didn't do the shoey. And as far as Francis is concerned, he has a couple of wins. We saw the Curtis Blades knockout, so he beat Curtis Blades for a second time. And then the Cain Velasquez one was weird because we didn't know what the hell happened. It, it ended up looking like he caught Kane with a quick uppercut on the coming because it looked like Kane's legs gave out on him, and P- and Kane was saying like, "Oh my my knee, my knee gave out, my knee gave out." Of but, course it did. Dude, like nobody, no. There's been nothing on a knee injury, nothing. So, yeah, I mean, you, he was sleepwalking. You still got to put something on. Uh, Friends Zingano beating Cain Velasquez, one of the best heavyweights of all time. Even realizing the dude has a cage around his spine right now, so he's not quite the same guy that was steamrolling the heavyweight division. But it's still an impressive win for Francis. Where, you know, the yeah, way, but the way knockout's a knockout. Knockout's a knockout. You know, it's not like he, he. They went into this long fight, and he put pressure right. on them. And, yeah, you know. it was in 26 seconds. Yeah, so. It was in 26. And then, look, I don't know if there's a guy more dangerous alive in the first two minutes of a fight than Francis Ngannou. The guy has some of the scariest power on the planet. He is an absolute freak show. But Junior Dos Santos, I mean, his boxing skill set is unbelievably good. He is so good on the feet. Yeah, he's got great movement. Now, the question would be, does Dos Santos maybe try to take him down? Oh, for, man. No, for the first Just couple wear minutes. Out. Wear him out. Get him frustrated. 
get him winging shots. Maybe. Slow, a little slow, you know, because he's, he's dumping been in, some energy. Yeah, and he's been in plenty of long fights in his career. I don't think that I don't think that Dos Santos would necessarily look for the submission. Just wear him out. Take him down for a few minutes in the first round. Take some of that that power away from from launch time. Yeah. And uh, and then start to pick away at him, pick away at him, pick at pick away at him, and uh, and see what happens. I don't know if he has the ability to knock him out. Yeah. But is a five round fight or a three round fight? It is a five round fight. Wow. It's a main. Event I don't fight. think it goes five rounds. If that goes five rounds, those boys are going to be tired at the end of this one. Yeah. You know? If it goes five rounds, I think that Ngannou would probably, like, retire. Like, no mas. No. <laughs> I actually, I don't I don't disagree with you, man. I think that like, could be Like, I signed round. for five rounds, but I really had no intentions of fighting. It's It's got to be It's got to be a scary, it's got to be a scary proposition to, to, to go through those winging punches, that serious speed and power that he has early on. But, yeah, it is, it does feel like that, that, that battery can get drained pretty quickly with him and you know look junior dos santos is a former champion he's he's one of the one of the best ever dude of that weight class you know but i like 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 we were saying that first that first two minutes is scary for anybody it's just a question of is isn't ganu going to be able to to get him in that first little window if he's eight i'll tell you this if ganu is able to get him late then we could start maybe talking about him being back in the title picture because what Stipe did to him was it was crazy. I mean, he demolished him. I know Stipe doesn't have the belt right now. We're waiting on the rematch between him and DC in August, um, and who knows what happens. I mean, look, Stipe can go out, take that belt again, or maybe DC gets him again or beats him a different fashion. The thing that'll be interesting though is if DC, DC retire, DC's gonna beat. If DC beats him, I think he's gonna retire. Yeah, DC was re- uh, talking again about like. Oh, you know, this is probably gonna be my last fight. Which, probably. But that kind of Jones again. Always worries me too. Like if he if he knows this is gonna be his final fight, what kind of DC are we gonna get? Are we gonna get a guy that is just gonna go out there and give it his all or I don't be know. The Michelin man. I don't know, man. It's it, well we know he's gonna come I in. I think thick. he gives it I think he'll give it his all if it's his last fight. One thing one thing that we've that DC has made very clear. Is he's passionate about how people feel about him? Yeah, and what they say about him—that means a lot. And I think that that drives him and pushes him to want to be his best yeah. at all times. So I think that he would show up to fight. I think it'd be big for him uh, if he finishes as if he finishes on top as heavyweight champ. He's always going to be able to have that in his legacy because you know people crush him with the John Jones stuff forever. But if we really look at look, there's no shame not being able to beat John Jones. He's the best dude to ever do it in that octagon. He's insane. And I don't know, this run that he's been on since coming back from the from the whole drug testing thing and all that stuff, you know, made made it look easy against Alexander Gustafson, made it look easy against Anthony Smith, who then beat up Alexander Gustafson. And now he's taking on Tiago Santos, who's super dangerous. And fights at a great gym. Shout out to ATT. Uh, but how do you beat the best? How? Like, what is the what is the Rubik's cube? Like, how 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 do you look at him and you say, "Oh yeah, yeah I got the establishment." I guess it'd have to be a guy like Santos who has knockout power to but, catch him. But how do you get in there? How? It's it, it's 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 insane. Well, 
I think the tr- the true test for individuals that dominate is will they come at the top of their game? Right. Will they come prepared? You know, there was speculation when he when in that close fight with Gustafson years ago. Yeah. That he didn't come prepared. Uh, is to, there speculation? I feel like John Jones said I was doing coke nonstop in that in the well, of that fight. I was trying to be nice. <laughs> I think he's like, yeah, there was no speculation. That's why that fight was close. Um, but I will say, in his comeback, it does seem like a guy who is reestablished with his maturity and is trying to put no doubt as to he is the best to ever do it and all that stuff. Now, the question is, will that last with John Jones? Because inevitably, every time it seems like he's got things right in his career, something goes wrong. Something. Whether it be a test, an arrest, something comes up. The self-sabotage has been there throughout. So can he actually get on this train again where he is, in everybody's mind, the best guy to ever do it? And if that's the case... I don't know how Tiago Santos finds a path to victory other than catching him with something. But how do you catch a guy who's always out of range? He's always out of out of harm's way and eventually what's, breaks you down. What's the reach on Santos? Well, let me break it up. So hopefully for Jones, for Jones himself, his family, and and then obviously, uh, selfishly as fight fans, he can keep it on track. But he has shown to be, since coming back, that he does have it together. I just think that, you know, time will ultimately tell. And I think it's going to be pretty difficult to beat him. The only way to really beat him is for him to beat himself. So that would be through some sort of bad decision or lack of preparation coming into the fight. Uh, All right. Tiago Santos, 6'2", 76-inch reach. Ooh. John Bones Jones. 84, right? 84 and a half <laughs> Wow. It's crazy. And I gotta say, like, I, I always mention this when we talk about John Jones. Like, met a lot of athletes in my life. His limbs, it's really like, whoa, this dude's made of a different fat. The, the hands, the hands are all bigger. They wrap around your hands. The arms are crazy big. It's just, the guy's just made for it. He's what? just made for the sport. When you look at that reach, and, and you always hear about fighters keeping another fighter at the end of his punch. Yeah. So if John technically, if John Jones throws a punch and makes impact, and Santos throws a punch back, it's not possible for him to connect with Jones if Jones has him at the end of his punch. Yeah. So there's a there's a a very nice safety zone in there. You know, can Santos take him down? I believe that Santos is a is a BJJ black belt. Yeah, but how do you take down the like the one of the you best gotta, wrestlers you to do throw it too? Ca- throw it's, caution to the wind and shoot on him and hope that he's not serving up a knee. And that's why as you're coming in. And that's why for like a guy like Daniel Cormier, it was always like, man, for him, he's great. And it, and he tried doing that in the in the in the rematch, and that's what ended up getting him caught. Like because he looked like he was having success, but yeah. if you're five nine five, you know five ten five nine, most likely wink wink, you know. How, how does a guy of that size get in there? Like it, it's almost asking too much. You're flying through so many bullets to try and go in there and get your one bomb, and you know eventually you're going to get caught with something. You're going to. It's too hard. It's too hard for a guy that good, that smart, that savvy. Um, it's gonna take. It's gonna take him again. I think. I think you're right. I think it's gonna have to be a case where 
you, you can't just beat John Jones. In a way, he has to beat himself. And, yeah. I, and I don't know right now a guy who looks like he's got everything established and in line and priorities are set. Um, how, is it, how is that going to be the case? How is and, that going to be the case? And it's difficult because even when, even when Jones has you in trouble, he's very tactical and strategic. Yep. Very rarely do you see him go in and throw caution to the wind. Maybe emotionally we've seen him let some punches fly because he wants to cause some damage and make a point. But very rarely do you see him, when he has his opponent hurt, he goes in and he starts with reckless abandons just throwing punches or kicks and leaves himself open for a shot. I think that's your only chance is to is to lure him in early on in the fight when you still have all your power, yeah. lure him into leaving himself open or making a mistake and countering that. And the thing that's always impressive about him is it feels like he never leaves anything uncovered. Like, it's always he's he's doing that front kick to your knee so you don't want to come forward. Or he's he's, pawn, or he's, he's taking out your calf. Or he's just messing with you a little bit. The guy's always fought with his fingers up, so you're worried about eye pokes. Now you got to worry yeah. about your eye getting poked in the midst of trying to uh, establish uh, getting inside as well. It's like it's all these little incomfort- uncomfortabilities that tally up throughout a fight that makes you make the mistake. Agreed. And and his arms, he also uses his arms very, very well defensively. They almost look like nunchucks flying around. Yeah. You know, he, he changes the perspective, create awkwardness. And I think that's what's allowed him to thrive. He's constantly changing the game plan. I believe that they have a game plan for him every round. So he's never doing the exact same thing. And I'm surprised more fighters don't do that in camps. Yeah. Very rarely do you see a guy come out and change optically what he's doing to his opponent to create confusion and then switch back to what you were doing that was successful and boom, boom, boom. You know, it's 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 part of a tactic, I think, that, that Jackson MMA does, and they reveal things to you or expose tactics to you as the fight opens up. So who do you got next to you? You got Ngannou or you got DeSantos? Where are you going, man? Wow. I'm just I'm gonna go with Nganu just because the freakish power and his ability to land a shot. One thing that Kane has not been really great at is avoiding shots. He he lo- he loves to eat a knuckle sandwich. He loves the taste of it, and I think that that thrives him, or th- is a is a thriving thing for him. He just keeps pushing in and and wanting to fight. Right. You don't think Dos Santos will be that style I don't, though. I think that he's gonna he's gonna be susceptible to taking shots, and I don't know that he can withstand the power of Ngannou, especially early on in the fight. He will leave himself open to shots, and I just don't think that he recovers from the shots that he takes. Yeah, I think with with, with this is when we saw with with Ngannou and that win against Kane. You're right; like he went he went forward, and he was gonna try and establish that. I feel like JDS is gonna be a little bit smarter in that case. Um, but the one thing that's di- you know. I go to that Alistair Overeem fight, and you probably would have thought, like, a guy who's as good a striker as JDS is, is Alistair Overeem. Um, and it's just those exchanges, it's 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 tough not to – it's tough to think you're not going to get caught with something. So I agree. I think, I think Ngannou's going to get him early. You can't go into a fight with Ngannou thinking that you're going to take him out in the first round. No, no way. Biggest mistake. No and way. And I think Overeem had, had a lack he, – he had some false confidence going into that fight 
because he's always the guy that was the more dangerous yep. guy and i think jds in a way has been too um and i think that like i think your 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 plan that you put out is sound that like, go out there and 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 wear him out but that's not really how he goes and does things yep he, so. he he's into these brawls he can't brawl with Nganu and expect to be conscious after the fight if if that's what he's intending to do his corner should bring him a pillow and a blanket if he does man if he does get this win um i don't know who's going to be up for the title by the end of this year because of dc's future but um it's going to be hard to argue that jds doesn't deserve getting back into that title picture that'll be interesting indeed we will talk to you guys next week. Everybody have a great week coming up, and we'll talk to you then. Bye. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.